Welcome to Gu Dao Jingxing, Walking the Timeless Way, a podcast that digs deeply into the ancient texts of Dao De Jing to uncover its timeless wisdom and apply it to today's chaotic world. I'm David Wang, executive coach. I'm joined by my co-host Ian Felton, a practicing psychotherapist. Hello, Morning, David. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you too. So we have finished、uh, our studying together the whole book of Dao De Jing. How do you feel about it? I'm kind of blown away. I mean, there's just there's so many emotions and reactions.、Um, the 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 biggest one, I would say, is just kind of overjoyed. Like I, I never would have imagined. Three plus years after you and I met at the community party, and we were just kind of just casually chatting, and I don't remember exactly how we started talking about Taoism. I think probably kind of just mentioning how I was studying Chinese, and and then you probably asked me like, well, wh- why did you get interested in studying Chinese?、Mm-hmm. And I probably said, well, I really. One of my goals of studying Chinese language was that I wanted to study and read Dao De Jing in Chinese because、mm-hmm. I felt like that was the best way of getting the understanding. And so, just one, I think, just the the luck that I had in finding you because I think it's so rare to to meet sincere people. I think in our society,、um, probably one of the biggest things that's lacking is, is sincerity.、Mm-hmm. And you meet people all the time where you you really feel like, oh, you want there to be a connection there, and you want it to go somewhere. And maybe people are like, yeah, we'll meet up, we'll do, we'll have lunch or whatever. And it just、mm-hmm. it never goes anywhere. And so just the fact that. After you and I talked, that there was that sincerity on both of our parts to actually do this, and that three years of committed study, and that three three plus years later, here we are, and this podcast came out of it, which was never anything that we planned from the beginning, and、um, I think it makes me think of the part. Where Lao Tzu talks about those who hear of Tao, who are kind of the lowest, they they laugh, they laugh、mm-hmm. when they hear it, and then the medium, they say, you know, sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't, but kind of like the 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 people who are really understand Tao, they are sincere, they're diligent, they、mm-hmm. stay with it, and I feel like. What we've done is kind of、um, fits in that category, and I think that's just a very rare, rare thing to to find. And just how lucky I was that you know you and I talked that day. I see. I see. Yes.、Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm glad to hear that. And I think、um, for me, as I reflected on our shared journey. Uh, I felt、uh, fortunate too,、uh, because you know 
as I grew up, uh, I was exposed to uh, different parts of Dao De Jing, and uh, to have that uh, you know commitment to uh, reading it uh, chapter by chapter uh, required, uh, I think, uh, some uh, commitment and uh, kind of momentum. I, I see the beauty of our uh, studying together. Um, I think uh, I the interesting part is uh, I didn't feel it, I had to, you know, we've been studying that, uh, you know, this whole book over the past three years, but it didn't feel like like uh, I have to push myself. It kind of uh, came naturally, mm-hmm. probably because of the, the, the fun and the joy of, uh, you know, focusing on the same text, but, you know, uh, sharing with each other, you know, our responses and our reactions and reflections. So mm-hmm. I find that is so beautiful in having somebody, uh, you know, uh, together kind of immersing in this ancient text. So it is, when I look back, uh, you know, I, I just feeling like fortunate and uh, satisfying. Yeah, the the satisfying piece, I want to comment on that, but the also wanted to comment on the part where you talked about how natural it was and couldn't agree more. It was mm-hmm. just this very natural and, and easy, and by easy, not meaning lack of effort, but just like kind of wu-wei. I mean, yeah. We, yeah. we weren't slaving over the study where it felt like this laborious thing. It was like we just did enough effort to keep it going, to make it part of our life and to kind of get the fruits out of it and, and nothing more. Like there was never a week that went by where I was either saying like, oh man, yeah, I've got to do the yeah. podcast or, or, the, or where I wasn't interested in doing the podcast. I mean, it, I think that's really rare too when you have commitments that there's never... I literally cannot think of a week where I was like, oh man, I've got to do the podcast. It was always, or, oh man, I've got to meet with David. It was always like, yeah, it's Sunday. It's right. It feels like a treat, like like a treat as opposed to a, you know, uh, task to be crossed out, you know, uh, on my to-do list. Exactly. And I think that's really rare too. That's very rare. Yeah. 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 I know in other spheres of, of my life, uh, there are uh, failed commitments. You know, uh, you know, you probably hear that sometimes there's the advice given by people that uh, when you're, you're committed to, let's say, doing exercises, uh, you mm-hmm. need to find a accountability, a partner. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's the terminology, uh, you know, people to use to kind of uh, uh, keep us on track. Um, you know, I feel like... in. In, in, in this instance, it's like more like, um, you know, something, uh, you know, that journey is in itself is beautiful. It's just mm-hmm. find a buddy <laughs> to yeah. uh, to enjoy the scenery mm-hmm. and uh, talk to each other. And uh, yeah, so that's how I would describe uh, our, uh, you know, taking the time every week to study mm-hmm. this. But, you know, for our listeners' sake, I would like to, uh, uh, you know, lay out 
um, you know, since we naturally get into the 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 the, the conversation, but I, I would like to take a step back and say, hey, maybe there are other uh, reflections we can do together. Uh, it's especially like this time of the year. I mean, this time of the year mm-hmm. is really like looking back and uh, looking forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would like to us to, uh, you know, uh, do that kind of thing uh, during this podcast. And, uh, you know, in addition to the over, overall sense of the journey, uh, what other reflections we have, uh, you know, after we study the whole book of uh, Dao De Jing, and more importantly, you know, this is not the end of the journey. It's actually the beginning of, uh, of a new one uh, or a continuation of the journey. Um, so, you know, those kind of uh, hopes and, uh, you know, things we're looking forward to as we, uh, you know, use the podcast flat, uh, you know, platform to continue to, uh, you know, study this ancient text. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. I'm, I'm really excited about thinking about the that continuing. I mean, the the path of Tao doesn't end just when you finish the the text, and and in fact, it's it's kind of necessary that that's one of the mm-hmm. whole ideas of, or I don't even want to say ideas, but one of the important lessons of Tao is that. If you're holding on to something rigid like a text, that's not Tao. That mm-hmm. Tao mm-hmm. has to be free of of all of that. I I totally agree. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. what what other takeaways from you know the study of Tao Te Ching? Well, so for the the first one for me. Um, I kind of touched on it uh, at the beginning, which was just that this has always been a long-term goal of mine, mm-hmm. studying it in Chinese, um, even though I feel like I only have an a, a intermediate level of, of Chinese mm-hmm. that I still got to a point with my Chinese study where studying it in Chinese language, I got enough depth that I I understood, you know, what couldn't be translated through thinking like a Westerner where you actually did need to go back to Mm -hmm. deeper into Chinese thought and understanding that deeper. That felt really satisfying that my initial takes on Tao Te Ching, like when I was in college, were still very just didn't get a lot of it because still coming at it through my American lens, it's tough to kind of make that translation over. So mm-hmm. I think that that is the part that is is really just just kind of tough to comprehend that this this thing that's been sitting out there for mm-hmm. I mean more than way more than a decade. Mm-hmm. Um has actually happened um, and happened in a way that is way cooler than what I imagined in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's the the most awesome part for me when I'm thinking about um, what I got out of it. I see. I see. 
you know, uh, coming from the, uh, you know, the Chinese background, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, Lao Tzu was, you know, happened to be born uh, in the Chinese tradition, uh, I would say, uh, personally, you know, I know a lot of people, uh, in, you know, when, when I was a kid, like my parents uh, encouraged me to study uh, Confucius mm. because, you know, it is uh, connected to this world. Uh, you know, I even heard the saying that maybe you are too young to mm. study Tao Te Ching because you, you become so out of this world. Mm. So I think it's, it's a very good timing uh, for, for me at this stage of my life to, uh, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, I probably have a better understanding of Tao Te Ching if I had started maybe, you know, uh, 20 years ago or 10 years mm -hmm. ago. It's just about the, mm -hmm. the time because uh, what Lao Tzu was trying to uh, address uh, is way beyond you know, human society. Of course, it has relevance mm -hmm. to human society. Yeah, I think that's just for our listeners, it's an, it's an important thing to keep in mind that, yes, let yourself interact with Tao Te Ching, let yourself read it, but don't, don't expect that the full understanding comes just with, you know, a single pass at it mm -hmm. where you are in your life. I mean, I started reading it in my twenties and loved it and fell in love with it. And I would mm -hmm. revisit and revisit it again. And, and every time take away a new understanding and, and as you change, those understandings are revealed. So really just want to encourage our listeners who might be, maybe this is their first kind of delving deeper into Taoism and that sort of thing to just enjoy the ride, um, kind of take that pressure off that you have to have. I mean, I, I know I remember back when mm -hmm. I was that age, like I always felt like I had to have some big realization. Like I had to have this like huge, like waiting for the, some like big enlightening experience or I whatever. See. I see. I see. And, and it's not really uh, about that. I see. Yes. I, I think that's a great point. Uh, it feels that, 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 that makes it, uh, you know, that, that's why it's timeless, I guess, because it's not a dead document, right? It is mm -hmm. a, a, a more of a living thing and the wisdom embedded in it is kind of a new renewed by our renewed experiencing in real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way. Of, of putting it. it it can give us life by interacting with it and if if you think that it's just this kind of one and done well that's not a good sign because you want your life to keep nourishing and and um, being generative um and yes. so that's what's the the real value in it is like yes yes i think that, yes and that connects to our idea of taking the small uh, bites of wisdom we learn uh, you know week by week and uh, uh, bring it to to life i think mm -hmm. uh and through life we experience it we really uh, ha get a chance to reflect on it 
and then we come back to that uh, this text again, uh, it it bring it, it, new meanings emerge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so maybe I'll move on to the the next thing that I I really got out of mm -hmm. the study. There there's so many. Well, one, I think there's a, a lack of moral codes in our society. Like our society mm -hmm. now has, like, you just you just don't hear about things like actually like being a more what what it means to be a moral person, what it mm -hmm. means to, to have mm -hmm. character. Yeah, yeah, um, because people are very sensitive. Because in the schools, for example, if you talked about those things, you know, certain people will say. Who are you to mm -hmm. set that standard? I think that's mm -hmm. becoming problematic. Uh, we are a moral being, mm -hmm. w without a doubt. And and even just from studying psychology, we we know if you don't have character and some kind of standards for yourself, I mean, people don't do well psychologically. I mean, I see mm. there's the importance of creating meaning was written about by Victor Frankl mm -hmm. um, in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. It was all about how he survived the Holocaust. And I mean, obviously in that situation, it's a situation where all of your freedoms are taken. I mean, uh, uh, unarguable oppression where, I mean, you're literally having all of your freedom taken away and you're just being worked to death with mm -hmm. you and some other people. And what he, the conclusion that he came to was that even when everything is taken away from you, there's still this one last freedom, mm -hmm. which is how how you react to your situation, what meaning you make from your situation. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and what he learned is that he had to use, like he had to be laser focused on that mm -hmm. and focus on that every moment that he was awake, making meaning out of a situation where literally all of his freedom was taken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not to sound cliche, but, that build that also builds character that that kind of then defines how you make decisions, what choices you make, how you interact with other people. And I think Taoism and Tao Te Ching, when when Lao Tzu wrote about his three treasures, mm -hmm. it it is a simple meaning making heuristic mm. for people that doesn't require um, anything but but practice. I mean, the, the simple treasures of kindness or compassion. Mm -hmm. How can I be kind in this moment? Um, practicing that instead of what am I owed in this moment? Mm -hmm. I mean, our society is all about like, what am I owed in this moment? Or like rights. Yeah. How, how am I being wronged? How right. am I being wronged? Who's wronging me? Mm -hmm. Who's wronging me? Mm -hmm. um, you know, that it's, it's just such a toxic 
Mm -hmm. poison i mean and it doesn't lead people to having any character it leads people to becoming the opposite just kind of like these petty like a crying baby like a crying baby yeah yeah that that no one wants no one wants to be around no one wants to hear what they have to say right um so i think that's really important that that idea of just kindness and compassion how can i be kind and compassionate in Mm -hmm. this moment um not putting yourself first, same sort of thing. I mean, they're kind of really related. Um, you know, when, if we're going through this mindset of, you know, what am I owed? How am I being wronged? Mm-hmm. Um, what, does, what does society owe me? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's putting ourselves first. And again, like we know psychologically that there's a price to pay for that. And Lao Tzu, again, in his three treasures, just another simple way of, of being in the world. And then lastly, moderation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not, not, not going too far with things, staying balanced. Those three treasures, I mean, they really are treasures. And, and if we practice that every day, I think there's no doubt that we build virtue we build character mm-hmm. we build psychological well-being mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that's what i really got out I, I think that's a super super important thing that i got out of our study of just like really living it experiencing and realizing it and seeing it in the world how when it's missing how it creates this toxic culture that no one likes living in i mean everyone can see how poisonous and toxic when, when people aren't kind, when mm-hmm. they're putting themselves first, when there's no moderation, when there's extremism everywhere, nobody likes living in that society. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a follow-up question on this one? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you mentioned the three treasures, mm-hmm. uh, compassion, moderation, and, and uh, not uh, being the first, right? Putting yeah. yourself the first. For the first two, um, you know, in my studying of the uh, the Western philosophy and and the religion, right, for mm-hmm. especially Christianity, I think there's emph- there's been emphasis on uh, kindness, on you know temperance or yeah. or, uh, or moderation. Uh, maybe not the last one, because last one uh, I think it's a little bit paradoxical, right? Mm. People, you you know, especially in the individualistic tradition you know mm-hmm. you, you you shouldn't um uh you you should always trying to have a center within yourself mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. like merge into the uh the crowd or the collective yeah. uh but the first one uh, first two uh, compassion and uh, moderation uh what is something special in you know Dao De Jing that uh you know give you that strong sense. Uh, I thought in the Western tradition is already being there, you know, some of the, about these uh, universality of uh, virtues like compassion and uh, moderation. Well, I think it's just, there's been this cultural shift and Hmm. while some, so some things needed to change in Western society. Um, Hmm. We needed to address um, racism, 
we needed to address sexism. We needed mm -hmm. to address bigotry. Mm. Without a doubt. Mm. But because traditional values were conflated with those things, the reaction, Aries, to that, it mm. seems like throughout a lot of those values along with the other cultural changes. So you are saying that we're kind of uh, uh, throughout the babies with the water, in other words. Like uh, yes. uh, these things tend to be kind of all, they're all uh, kind of together. But mm -hmm. people sometimes, are you saying that, you know, for certain people, uh, keeping these virtues or traditional values means no social change, which is not true. Right. It's like a rebellious teenager who mm. rebels against their parents because of some legitimate things that the parents did wrong. Right, right, right. But then blinded themselves to all the good things that their parents actually embodied and rejected all, all of that, everything. So I see. Society, society kind of being like a rebellious teenager, which, you know, like that's part of development, but it also requires further maturity and growing out of adolescence and the maturity. And it feels like if our civilization and society is going to continue, mm -hmm. that has to happen. Like, yes, the, the traditional values of kindness, moderation, not putting yourself first mm. are super important. And you can have a society where that's encouraged and the opposite discouraged while also fostering um, changes in the areas that we talked about around bigotry, sexism, racism. I see. I see. Yes. That that makes sense to me. What what's special about the the teaching in Dao De Jing that feels like maybe more appealing or makes sense, or is it just? Well, I think just that that takes us out of mm -hmm. that uh, kind of a seemingly par par paradoxical mm -hmm. situation. You know, I, I hear what you're meaning. Like mm -hmm. we want to foster social progress, right? Mm -hmm. But also in that progress, we want to maintain continuity, you know, our enduring mm -hmm. values. So those yeah. two things, in reality, they work in conflict with each other. So mm -hmm. what about Dao De Jing that helps facilitate this kind of a marriage or, 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 or synthesis in some way? It, it just doesn't have all the baggage. Um that oh. that i think because again so many of the reactions in our culture are reactions specifically to christianity and christianity has also been conflated with this kind of uh, uh, oppression patriarchy um racism etc but it's like okay well we don't have to look at it through that context. Like, let's use this completely mm. different context from a place and time completely removed from, you know, the, the social 
gestalt that we're in today. And like, there's value there. And it's simple, simplistic value. It's, it's substantial and it transcends time and place. And it doesn't have, I mean, and Taoism, I think is, is clearly not patriarchal. It's feminist. If there ever was a feminist Mm, mm, spiritual mm. tradition, it's Taoism. I mean, Lao Tzu over and over again says, stay close to the feminine. You know, Mm. the, the, the female is referenced over and over again. He's, Mm-hmm. it is probably the most feminist spiritual tradition that I've ever in, encountered. You know, saying that, I, I think the feminine part, uh, you, you know, that plays a, a very, very important role in the evolution of human civilization, I would say. Mm-hmm. And so I know that we're trying to um, keep keep going through um some of our points and I want to hear some of yours. I'll, I'll just end my kind of reflections with just this last point, which I think dovetails with what we were just saying, which is that Tao Te Ching is still one perspective and it doesn't have all the answers. There's things that um, questions that remain blind spots that it has um Lao Tzu really wanted big technical civilizations like ours not to exist. He really felt that for people to survive, we were going to have to live locally. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like with globalization, it's not likely that that will happen except for through maybe some global catastrophe, which I don't think anybody really wants to to live through because most people would not live mm-hmm. through it. Um, so I think that's that's the last thing, which is just also recognizing, you know, this isn't a book of truth. It's a book of wisdom. Mm-hmm. I agree. How about you? What are your takeaways? Mm-hmm. What are your important reflections? Right. A couple of things. Uh, you know, number one um, is uh, the fact that uh, I always feel like, you know, true wisdom and uh, great ideas, uh, you know, they, they, whether Western or Eastern, uh, they just, you know, transcend time and space. I, you know, throughout our study, I felt very strongly that, you know, even though those words were written, you know, thousands of years ago, uh, we, today, we still feel the relevance of it. You know, we can make, we, we, you know, through our, our study, we made a lot of connections, uh, you, know, with, uh, you know, between those messages and what we're seeing in our world. So uh, it's timeless. Mm-hmm. It's also spaceless, uh, I would say, because I, you know, I wasn't sure when we studied together what kind of lens we're looking through, uh, you know, we're, we're looking through when we, uh, try to understand and make sense of these messages, uh, especially you know with a partner who share uh, who 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 came from another uh, cultural tradition. Uh, after it or throughout of it, you know I've seen that uh, we even though we came from different uh, cultural traditions and uh, uh, we responded, we resonate with a lot of the things almost 
um, you know, miraculously or uh, amazingly uh, in a similar way. So that tells me that, uh, again, in our world, we, where the tendency is to uh, decouple, to, you know, build walls around our, uh, you know, national borders, uh, physically or virtually, I think, you know, the, the greatest idea uh, is, uh, has no boundaries. Uh, you know, I think our identity, you know, we are talking about, uh, you know, identity politics nowadays. I think our true identity is humanity. Mm-hmm. As long as we are all human, uh, we can, you know, participate in sharing and learning from each other. Uh, from all the bests of the human existence. Mm-hmm. So that's my number one takeaway. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I mean, and that's I, I that's what I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a shared humanity. Taoism is all about harmony. Um, so that sounds great to me. I'm on I'm on board. Yeah, the second one is uh, is more personal. Uh, I think at my age and also living in the uh, world we are in nowadays, uh, you know, I think just like everybody else, you know, I can be become very uh, anx- anxious uh, uh, sometime, you know, wondering whether this world is, is mm-hmm. falling apart, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what will happen if this happens, things like that. The more I study Dao De Jing, the more I uh, I feel like um, you know I don't have to worry that much because what's there there seems to be a underlying order, but not the order we all kind of understand it. Uh, yeah. You know, in terms of power, in terms of structure, but there is truly an underlying order that happens that that is unfolding very dynamically. Mm-hmm. So in, in other words, let's say if, you know, I'm holding on to an old things, old ideas, old structure, old mindset, old whatever old it is, um, you know, I think to not holding it too tight now and just watch it, how it, uh, how, how it happens, how it goes through change uh, will give me more, much more uh, flexibility and uh, I, I think even faith in the future of the world. So mm. interestingly, just by understanding that, understanding that no matter what kind of extremes, uh, polarities and uh, divisions we're seeing in this world, all will be well. All will mm. be well. It just takes a little bit of time to go through, you know, these uh, surface conflicts and things will get resolved and it will take, you know, uh, it, it, take, it will take this world. I wouldn't say human civilization because I think there's a natural mm-hmm. cycle for human civilization, but something beyond it, civilization, I think ultimately it will continue to evolve just mm-hmm. like before, you know, we human beings came to the sea. So that is very comforting and hopeful, and it brings peace and inner freedom to my own self. Yeah, there's that perspective taking that when we want to have things go the way that 
we want them, uh, going back to the three treasures, when I put myself first and say, it has to be the way that I want it to be, that creates all this anxiety. Yes. But when we can take a step back and say, this isn't about me, there is a bigger process happening. It's Tao doesn't care about nations. Tao doesn't care about the nation of China, the nation of America, the nation of Russia doesn't care about those ideas. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. It has its own, you know, recurring cycle, its own uh, operating system, in other words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it takes kind of a, a surrender of that kind of way of thinking for it to, to work in your heart. Yeah. I, I would say uh, surrendering and also responding and participating. That brings to my third point. Uh, I do think that uh, we individuals, you know, at this given point in time, uh, uh, have a role to play. But that role doesn't mean it's in, you know, being an, you know, activist, a, a, a politician, or even businessman. I think it's a little bit deeper than that. Uh, my profession has been, uh, you know, a leadership uh, uh, coach. So mm -hmm. I work with a lot of executives in companies. Uh, in recent years, uh, there's a move away from kind of the command and control model mm -hmm. and more to a servant leadership model. Uh, I find it very interesting because, you know, the business world is, you know, is probably the most uh, pragmatic world, you know, within our society. You know, people mm -hmm. count, you know, dollars and and cents, cents, and mm -hmm. it's, you know, I think the traditional view is, uh, it's all about maximizing share, you know, shareholder returns. Uh, even within that realm, uh, in order to be more uh, uh, effective and a truly uh, truly powerful. I think the traditional way is, you know, the power comes from the position of authorities, right? So I give orders and people obey. Not anymore. I think the world we are, mm -hmm. we are in is very chaotic, but you can see a lot of times leaders are wrestling with, you know, how am I going to work with the new, the younger generation? You know, they're not like me, you know, uh, with the belief that I have to pay my due and, uh, you know, climb that uh, corporate ladder. It's not relevant for them. They are not thinking that way. So new models are emerging, I think. I think that servant's leadership is what we hear a lot about in Dao De Jing when, you know, the, uh, when Lao Tzu said, you know, that's heaven's way. Heaven is not commanding. Heaven is not controlling. Heaven is facilitating and guiding and nurturing. So I think when I, you know, uh, took in those words in our study, I felt, oh, wow, you know, maybe in my leadership practice, uh, it's already happening. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of room for discussion. You know, how, how can we become, you know, a truly effective leader? That is so awesome. And, and just to kind of 
the summary that I'm taking away from it is that this new world, and maybe this is a way to lead into the next part, which is our hopes, but mm-hmm. you know, everybody knows now, except for maybe the politicians and um, some of the other extremists and, and, um, and society that we don't need politicians. We don't mm-hmm. need bosses. Like that's the thing that we, we don't need politicians and bosses. That's they're not necessary. We can see like they're the opposite of Woolway. They just interfere in everything. They get in the way of everything. They, they corrupt things. They make things right. not work well. But what we do need is character. Mm. That's what we need. Mm. So we can dispose of the politicians and the bosses. We don't need them. But what we can't dispose of is character. That's that's the vital part, and that's where society has to insist upon people with character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that's why authenticity gets talked a lot about, you know, all the time now, uh, because authenticity at the end of the day is about character. It's about, you know, the virtues you embody, the virtues that you imitate from heaven's way. Yeah. So moving forward, how how do you see us trying to help facilitate that? Like, you know, we're we're going to keep going with this podcast. We're going to keep talking about these, um, not just ideas, but how to put it in to change your life with it. How to actually walk the timeless way. How do you embody this? What are your hopes for what we do next? Uh, since we have you know, cover the, the chapter by chapter. Uh, I think the next stage is to further integrate uh, what we learned and what we are going to learn into our daily life. I think that integration is the one key word uh, that's in my mind. When I say integration, I really mean, you know, Lao Tzu hasn't, you know, it wasn't the one who, uh, he, he was the one in trying to, uh, even though he said, Dao ke dao fei chang dao, dao cannot be named, he still, you know, you know, seemed to do the impossible and articulate into Chinese words, right, the, mm-hmm. the key messages. Uh, I think the most, so words have, have power because we use words to communicate, to think our thoughts. But that's not the end of the journey. The end of the journey is just like Tao cannot be spoken into words, but flows into the presence of our life. So how can we continue to use words as maybe a a pointer or as a, a medium, but see the underlying message, the, the, the really the truth beneath the words, um, get manifested in our everyday life. You know, from the moment we wake up to the moment we, you know, we sleep. Uh, I think that that in itself is a journey and mm-hmm. it's, it's a practice. So I would like us to, what, to, you know, whatever we do, 
to bring that happen. And we, we, we can sense more, we see more, we feel more, experience more. That's, I think that's the, it's, it's just beyond the text, beyond the words. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, that's, that's what we put in our, our title, right? I mean, we, we call it walking the timeless way because that's, I think what we, we crave there's, um, all of the kind of psychological theories and approaches that I've found helpful to me have um, really been influenced a lot by a branch of cognitive science called inactivism. Mm -hmm. And the real important grandfathers of that way of thinking, Francisco Varela, um, Humberto Maturana, they wrote about um, how we experience life, our phenomenological experience of things being preeminent. In other words, it doesn't matter so much what the functional MRIs and you know the kind of data and that sort of thing. It, it, it can all be helpful. But what's most important is human experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if, if you discard human experience in your study of the human mind, well, what's your subject now? Mm -hmm. like, there's no longer a subject if you just like remove. Right. But, that, but that's what we do in our world now. That's what so many, you know, the the data analysts and big data and all this stuff that's data, 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 data. Well, it's like, um, excuse me, but we're actually talking about the quality of human lives and human experience. And if you're not talking about that, then actually what you're talking about then is something inhumane, something that's not about people at all. And I think that's true for a lot of these industries. Like I, I think so. Yeah. I yeah. think not just the data analysts, I think even uh, people who are uh, engaging politics, right? Yes. So uh, their understanding of politics is something in their heads. It's their ideas, yes. their agendas. Yes. But the real politics is to make our, our lives better, right? That's the real exactly. politics. Exactly. And so, I mean, their, their theories are, are a lot more robust and they kind of go through biological reasons of, of mm -hmm. why things are the way that we are, how we have a sensory motor system that makes sense of things. But one of the essential conclusions is that we, we know through experience. Mm -hmm. We don't know through... Um, thinking about things or being in our heads, we, we know by experiencing things. And mm. so walking the timeless way, yes, there's the podcast, there's the discussion, which is really important, but we're never really going to know Tao unless we experience Tao. And we have to ex have that knowledge through experience doing. And that's what I'm hoping that we can try to figure out more how how can we know through experience exactly exactly and uh, besides that i would say uh, the second hope that i have is to 
kind of a walk together, you know, this notion of uh, a community. Because mm -hmm. we, if we look around, all things under heaven, 10,000 things are really connected and uh, kind of inter interdependent to form mm -hmm. the whole. So how can we, uh, you know, benefit from each other by, you know, learning together? You know, we obviously, we, uh, you know, began by partnering as, a, as two people. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be joined by more and more people who share the interest and also share the desire to walk the, time, the timeless way. So yeah, really enrich each other. Yes, that invitation has got to be loud and clear. And and even the other Taoist podcasts, I'm hoping, I mean, if, if we care about these messages and care about um, how we, I think, believe that this wisdom can help society, I'm hoping that we can work together and talk with other people and um, just help get the word out that I think society needs so much right now that it's a, it's a very old wisdom, but I think that if we don't start applying this old wisdom in a new way, we've kind of gotten stuck. And, mm -hmm. and so I'm, I'm hoping that all of us who, who see the value in this can find a way to, to work together and help build this community up and and share e each other's wisdom and our own perspectives to en en enrich the community even more i would say amen i think that's all i have to say today how about you is there anything else that you kind of hope for with this or or how are you feeling about now that we're kind of moving in a new direction with the podcast i'm excited and uh also i look forward to continuing to, you know, walk the timeless way with you and, and possibly with uh, many other more people uh, out there.